What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Little Cove! Hey, babes! So much good, John. There's so much sports, but just hilarious stuff going on this week. Stephen A. says no one's taking Palinka's phone calls. No one's signing up for Space Jam 2. You see Stephen A. run on the court? Stephen A. says it wasn't me. I... Guy, I saw, I don't know, credible. Looks just like him. I, I, mean, I Carmichael Dave, so again, car, credible. Carmichael Dave, the dude from SAC, that, I don't know, has something to do with the Kings. He generally thought that it was Stephen A. Like, I can't believe anyone in the media would get their credential yanked. Bro, that w- wasn't fucking him. It's clear that it's a security guard. The dude has a thing in his ear. I mean, are, are we serious? He was dead serious. He's like... <laughs> Anyone in the media, I get it. He's Stephen A. Smith. It's like, come on, guys. I mean, it was really funny because it was obvious that it was a security guard. Was it not obvious? To you? Was it obvious to you? I, it, of course. Yeah. But I it mean, also she, did look like it looked enough like him that it was funny. Didn't just look. I mean, it looked like a doppelganger. A I mean, hairline, it was jawline, yeah. body type. <laughs> it was him. So good. Uh, underrated little NBA squabble. You know, the ball throw, ball throw, attack. I mean, it was it was pretty solid. It was. Uh, this- Bledsoe, Bledsoe came back with a heater that I don't think Embiid was ready for. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Ease, E-A-Z-E dot com, promo code HAM, the best delivery platform to get the best legal license, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Anyone 21 and over can get verified online in minutes. Loveease.com, guy. This is a great weekend to call your friends at ease, our friends at ease, because we got Final Four. We got a little Valero, Texas Open. Jordan Speed, Ricky Fowler, a lot of, a lot of the big shots are planning it to get okay. to get juiced up for next week. Uh, so get ease.com, topicals, edibles, pre-rolls, vapes. I'm a vape guy, uppers, downers, you, you name it, edibles. Ease.com, promo code HAM, easy to do. Come on, Ease.com, promo code HAM, $20 off your first purchase, over $50 free delivery. Get it on. E-A-Z-E.com. Uh, enjoy the moment. We, we, do you think you'd play, and we appreciate their support and your support of them, and tell your friends, like John said. Would yeah, you, would you play in the friends. Valero Open, John, if, or would you rest and just like do your own thing? funny is i listened to this podcast like geeky geeky golf it's called no laying up yeah and the dude it's in the podcast must yeah it's a it's a big golf podcast but he had jordan on one-on-one yeah. but they got like geeky geeky about like golf swing and stuff oh cool and, and it was two weeks ago this guy must live in texas so he sat down with jordan at like austin country club like after a practice round or something before the match play and Jordan said that he thinks he plays his best golf because the guy's like, why are you playing so much leading up? Why don't you take the week off? He's like, I play my best usually week three or week four of a stretch of tournaments. Mm-hmm. I don't play my best after a week off or two weeks. So I play my best historically 
when I've played three or four straight tournaments, whether that's a major or other tournaments. So I think that I'm locking in as I go into the Masters. That's why he's like, that's my mindset of why I play the last four weeks going into the Masters. Maybe it needs to be a little – like, like some pitchers pitch better when they're not fully rested. You know, ball moves it, a little – Exactly. I was like, oh, too much energy. And then, I, and then, I, and then guy, I went to mybookie.ag. He kind of gets you fired up. You're like, I kind of like what he's working with here. And uh, Jordan actually had a good point. Remember when he shanked it? Not, I didn't shank it, but he hit it into the water and then he did it again on like two years ago. And it yeah. was like that famous. Yeah. You know, he had to do the drop on 12 and he was lead the Masters. And he's like, everyone thinks I choked. Like, I choked the Masters. He's like, the irony was I had won two weeks before. I had already won the Masters, you know. It's hard to choke when you've already done it. And he's like, if anyone had watched me all week, I just missed it where I was missing all week, short and right. But everyone's like, he choked, he choked. And that was the narrative. And I, I probably tweeted it like, speak goat. He's like, no, I didn't choke. I was just hitting it where I was hitting it. I had already won the goddamn tournament. I'm like, God, he makes you think. <laughs> but, you oh, know, I Jordan, he's a little – he gets, you know – he try. He's kind of like Rogers, you know. He attacks, you know, because he's a talker. Yeah. He's different. He's. I mean, I, I think Jordan speaks a high, a great guy. But uh, you can get him right now about twenty to one, which I think I might put a little juice on. Okay. Uh, well, while you're on it, uh, I'm, I'm looking at. Um... Remember, remember last year he was out of it and he shot eight under on Sunday. I was like, God, Jordan Spieth's firing back. And then on eighteen, he hit a tree on his tee shot and it went like 150 yards. That, that tee shot on 18 is kind of tough because you got to go through the trees out into the fairway. You know that famous shot on yeah. 18 at the Masters? <laughs> I, I but can't. I like what Jordan's working with next right. week. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the NCAA tournament too, but should we just start with, uh, like, we've had a few things that felt like Fry Festival, obviously the Fry Festival, and then you made the AAF connection the other day, and we'll get to that. But I honestly kind of we, – we went through after the doc, the Fry Festival doc, and we went through all the fav- our favorite moments. I feel like the, the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, uh, Tyler Dunn article deserves the same treatment of our favorite, our favorite moments from that, from that article. So why don't we – maybe we should just go back and forth and just, you know, go through like six of, of the highlights. Okay, what was your favorite moment? So, it's, first of all, let's all agree it's hard, right? I remember when uh, Bart uh, uh, Barstool did the the Fry Festival draft. I kind of want to. Here's my first pick in the Fry in in the Fry Festival Barstool Rogers McCarthy article draft would be bragging to people that you coach Joe Montana when you coach Joe Montana on the Kansas City Chiefs, not like develop Joe Montana with Bill Walsh in the '80s 49ers. I think that's that would be my number one pick if we were if we're drafting here would be. I'm I'm Joe Montana's coach. Oh, where'd you coach him? Well, Kansas City. My thing is with McCarthy on that one. Is he going? I like, hey guys, I fucking coach Joe Montana, or like I coach Joe, like joking around. And I think when you hate a guy, which the hate is really, really deep seated on this one. Like it, it goes back to the like Aaron Rodgers. Get over Alex Smith, man. I, I what I don't get about Rodgers is. The hate from McCarthy, singer, like, I think it grew because he thinks he's dumb and all this other shit, but starts on the most basic premise of, you didn't like me, you liked the other guy, and you were a part of not picking me, even though, hey, Aaron, Mike Nolan was like a, uh, had Bill Belichickian power. He was a decision maker. Two, they had a GM. Like you, he was the coordinator. So even if he liked, like, he wasn't in charge of the draft pick, and he was there one year. It wasn't like you know he spent five years with Alex, and that was his guy. He went, and then he comes to you, Aaron, and he was part with Ted of coaching Brett fucking Favre, and saying we're gonna go with this guy. Like that happened. So it's like Aaron's holding on to this Alex Smith ghost in the room. Like, hey, hey, a lot has happened since there. They chose you over Brett Favre. Literally, that happened. H- how does that not have any impact for Aaron? Like, you know what? These two guys, old Ted Thompson, who's slurring his speech, want to sleep in meetings, and Bozo the Clown McCarthy here, like me enough to trade or cut or whatever. I can't even remember how they got rid of Favre. Brett fucking Favre. Not Alex Smith anymore. Brett 
far. Remember what a big deal that was? When it's like, God, Ted Thompson is going with this Aaron Rodgers guy. That's kind of crazy. He got what? I mean, they got crushed. So your so your destroyed. number one pick is holding the grudge against Alex Smith. Guy, I think it's one of the crazier grudges. I mean, I I got some grudges, but for the most part, I feel like they are clown bozo the clown idiots, and like I don't think they're good people. Like the one thing you'd say, Aaron, I'm sure you've met Alex over the years, like. <laughs> Would you say one of the most universally liked humans in the league by other people in the league that they're just like, you know what, Alex is a pretty good guy. I, I get holding the grudge when the guy's a scumbag. But when the guy's a really nice guy and really your situation has become independent of his situation, they're just separate. They don't have any – they don't cross over at all. They're not like he became in their division and he beat him a couple times. Like they had nothing to do with each other. Nothing. Even when the Niners started kicking the Packers' ass – Kaepernick was playing, not even Alex. It was it was always Kaepernick versus Rodgers. So it's like let it go. So I don't I don't get it, guy. I I I don't even it has nothing to do with Alex. It has nothing to do with Alex being likable or not. It's just he sat in that room for two and a half hours with his soul patch, and that that anger just you know you'll find whatever you need to find. I that, guess that, that's that's actually not my number one draft pick. Oh, okay. What's your number one draft pick? is the reflection on Aaron of how he looks like a royal scumbag for not liking his mom. I, I, I think it's historically families, rich, poor, any situation, the same sex, like a guy and their dad, a woman and their mom have butted heads. And I think historically a lot of siblings, for whatever reason, have not gotten along. Like that's not unnormal. It feels like typically, again, psychoanalyzing, that like the opposite, so like you and your mom or a woman, a, a daughter and their dad just have a unique relationship. And I, I don't know many people that are going to feel sympathy unless she like criminally tried to extort them or steal money or something. It's like, bro, you're going to never talk to your mother again. That to me, your that's mother. why like the Alex Smith grudge is so believable. Anyone that has a grudge against their mom can hold a grudge against Mike McCarthy and Alex Smith. Yeah, so – I, I think at the end of the day, my biggest takeaway, my number one draft pick on the article was like, Aaron Rodgers is a legit scumbag. I got, That's my takeaway. But here, here, the I, reason that's not as high for me is because we already knew about the thing with his family. Like, they, they did it on The Bachelor. They set a table for him and then kept shooting the door like he wasn't going to show up. I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish your pick. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with, to me— I just think when you, I just think when you read it, because, you know, in The Bachelor, you're like, God, this cheesy relationship or whatever. When you just read, like, God, he won't talk to his mom. The fire's happened. He didn't call. To me, the most relatable the, the, the most relatable thing in the article was Dewan Harris's quote early in the article. What about how when you hate somebody and it just starts to fester and he's like, you just – you hate the way they breathe. You start to hate the way they chew. That was one where everyone, I think, who read that line was like, yes, I have hated the way somebody chews. I have hated yeah. the way somebody breathes. There is I've hated the way somebody just stands. There's no question about it. And it's a miracle they lasted this long, John. Really part that was part of my takeaway. was like, how do these guys last this long together without something crazy happening? Well, because they were winning. That, that was a big yeah. part of it. But even that, they like teams win. have like usually there's a power struggle, even on a winning team, somebody's got more power and they just push somebody else out and they try to get their own guy in there. I, one relatable part that I kind of forget, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings this day. I might have been drinking. I, I don't know if I was super locked in on the game. I mean, I knew what happened. But I do relate with Rodgers. This is how the article opened. They basically called McCarthy, had one of the, you know, basically was the biggest pussy ever in coaching NFC with the aggressiveness of a sloth or something like that. I think is what he wrote. Kicked a field goal twice from the one yard line. I would agree with Aaron. Like you're what the fuck are you doing? You moron, you Royal puss. And I, I would defend Rogers on that. Like you never forgive them for that. Cause you look at the, look at Seattle. Like when you're in it, Seattle guys were never going to forgive Pete for what he did in the Super Bowl for not running it like that. And it's just, it's understandable for Rodgers on that individual moment when you already have questions about the guy, he screws you like that. And then later you find out in the piece, 
they basically called McCarthy like the fakest PA blue collar tough guy in the league. Like he didn't hold anyone accountable. And Bostic, the guy that he should have caught for doing something stupid earlier in the game or fined or something, he didn't and was still on the team and was in the position where it hit off the guy's helmet and that's how they got well, Now the, you're getting into my next pick, pick, John. I forget the exact details of that part. So that but. one was Brandon Bostic should have been cut like months before. For doing something stupid or showing up late. I didn't even say what, but I loved that that part of the article, it's really not, it's probably not my next pick, but since we're talking about it, I'll use it, was that out of nowhere in this article that is exposed, like Bostic is just, just expo- like an innocent bystander just getting sniped in this article. Because he was one of the issues that upset people, and and it was right. You're right to illustrate the point that like here's this guy who's like a no no BS no nonsense guy, but his team didn't feel like he actually was that kind of leader. That no one ever got punished for anything. Because that's what he. That's what when you think Mike McCarthy, like what kind of guy he is, you're like, oh, that guy's a PA guy. He grew up blue collar. He used to work. Remember in like a the equivalent of a, what's it called uh, where you take money going onto a bridge. Toll booth or whatever. Yeah, to- like I how- See, I didn't. I didn't really. If you had asked me what's your perception of Mike McCarthy, you'd be like, ah, offensive coach. I didn't really have a real like. Yeah, well, I just remember perception. reading about him when he when he first got into football as like a GA. He had to make extra money, and he did that at night. Like he was just the ultimate, just kind of you know blue collar guy. And then you start reading like he's into massages, and him missing meeting for massages. Allegedly, me, he denies. To me, is, uh, to me, it's up there. He denied missing a meeting. He did not deny getting massages. And I think it's fair to say that I believe that he missed a meeting for a massage. Or at least all the players thought it. And he was not at a meeting for whatever reason. Yeah, like to me, whether he was getting a massage or not, if there's ever a meeting where you're supposed to be leading the meeting and you're not leading the meeting and nobody knows why you're not leading the meeting, massage or not, massage just is bad optics, sounds bad. But to me, if, like if a player did that, they would get in trouble for missing a meeting. What I think, don't you think what makes him unique, because if you went to a lot of NFL buildings, like if you just went to an offensive meeting with the Patriots, you'd probably say there's no lock. Bill's going to be there. He's not the offensive coordinator. But when you're the head coach and you're also the offensive coordinator, like if there's an offensive install meeting, I would imagine Bill O'Brien, Andy Reid, Kyle McVay, they lead the meeting. They are the play caller. And it felt like that was a connection where players were, this guy's kind of a fraud. Then he's getting mad at me on Sunday for fucking up. Where was he in the meeting when he was installing it? So you see, like to me, McCarthy, I think Rodgers looked by far the worst. McCarthy did not look great either. Like did he, did complacence wrong word, but did he just get into a place where they hated each other so much? He just kind of did his own thing. Did power kind of corrupt him? Uh, and I also think it it's the most unique team probably in pro sports because there is not like one human where like Jeffrey Lurie or Jerry Jones or Joe Lacob or anyone just goes, what's going on here? There's nobody. There's just nobody. I, I, I still don't exactly get like who does Mark Murphy answer to. I don't know if he does answer to anyone. Well, you if you buy a, a certificate. Um, that's the other thing, right, is like – that this isn't necessarily over. It's over between Aaron and Mike McCarthy, but it's not like the Packers chose Aaron over Mike McCarthy when they had a choice. There's really not a choice. You take Aaron and then said, all right, Aaron, we're all in on you. Who do you want the next coach to be? No, they hired Matt LaFleur and then they told Aaron and then they told everybody like two minutes apart or whatever. And it's, and Mark Murphy told him the report was don't be the problem. So, like, is this done? I I don't know. I mean, now, if 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 the bar for Matt LaFleur is just show up to meetings, be accountable, and be creative and different because the criticism was McCarthy hadn't changed, then maybe that'll be enough. But if Aaron's out there telling the guard to do something different, changing plays, I mean, it's insane. Well, to me, that's why, back to McCarthy, I read the article and go, I don't know if he's a lock to ever be a head coach, to get a head coaching job. Just because you're reading it and you go, he's got this all-time great player, and the player basically thinking, like, this guy's an idiot. And some of the basic, like, the most famous plays over their run kind of feel like Aaron drew him up in the dirt, which is not not believable, right? Like the Jared Cook thing, it's like – 
Then the one unnamed scout was like, yeah, Aaron thinks a little smarter than he is, which is probably true. But he also probably knows what he's doing a little bit, right? Like, I do believe the Jared Cook play in the back of the end zone, what would that have been? Against the Cardinals, just to get him to, like, midfield so he could hit the Hail Mary. He had the guard fake so he could roll out. I mean, he's kind of genius. You're like, God, this guy is kind of a me- – in his mind, I, I, I defended Aaron Rodgers where Aaron looked at Mike McCarthy and go, goes, this guy is not my intellectual equal. When it, when it comes to life and football. Where Brady, at the end of the day, might go, this guy's a dick. This guy's an asshole. This guy will trade Gronk. This guy's smarter than me. I don't know so what happened with the end of the parents, day. John, but I don't know what happens with the parents. How can he say that Mike McCarthy's not his intellectual equal when it comes to life? Well, Mike tried to say, it basically like a father figure, it kind of felt like when he invited him over to his home, just Aaron to come, hey, come have dinner. Yeah. Like, you're, pro- you're probably going to regret this. It almost felt like I, – I, you know, you don't want to be buried with the, like, call them, reach out. Like, yeah. that felt like that's just a high-level person just giving you a little words of wisdom that's yeah. older than you, right? Right. And, and and Aaron was basically like, talk about football. You know, wasn't was that the thing? He didn't want to talk life with him. <laughs> uh, all right, how about the, uh, what was the guy's name, St. Brown, the receiver? Don't you think, though, back to the famous play where he hits Jared Cook, Pretty genius on the guard pull where he faked going and the defensive lineman went the wrong way and he like got a little extra space. Yeah. There is an ebb and flow that Rodgers playing where he probably just has a better feel for it. He always felt like McCarthy calling the plays because that was the knock on McCarthy. They're like, God, he calls the stupidest plays. Right. Well, right? it didn't work out on the St. Brown play. Even St. Brown was. reiterated it. Like, yeah, I, didn't, I don't really – We plays would come in. We we're like, what? Yeah. That's not really said, like, with Kyle. And but that's Andy. what I'm saying. Again, like, and it lasted 13 years with a coach that wasn't evolving, apparently. That was their criticism. He wasn't evolving. Well, he wasn't well, changing. Well, for about, for about 2010 to, like, 2015, they were beyond stacked. I mean, they had Rodgers. They had a big-time offensive line. They had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings. I always thought, like, ah, is Greg Jennings a little overrated? And then they listed his stats. Like, he basically averaged over 1,000 yards every year and, like, eight and a half touchdowns. Like, he was really good for them, you know? And yeah, Michael but I'm just – but, John, winning, really or, running back. winning or not, if the organization felt like Mike is a detriment and Aaron is clearly in the right here, then you make a change. If you think if you think you're winning despite the coach and the only thing that can stop you is that the two of them hate each other, then you make a change. But you, but you know when you're, when you're winning – it's easy to overlook shit. It bandaids no problems. But, uh, like, I don't think it's, you know, the, the Cavs made many decisions for LeBron. And usually the, the, I, in the right. When I honestly not. don't think Mike – my takeaway is I don't know if Mike McCarthy's a head coach again in the NFL. No, I don't – well, yeah, I, I don't think so either. I'm just saying, like, LeBron – like, if Aaron Rodgers is the most talented player of all time, or at least the most talented quarterback of all time, like, people think, well, LeBron James got coaches changed. The organ, even when it was even when it was going well, right? They would still change coaches, and LeBron was good enough to overcome it. And I would say LeBron's probably more well liked than Aaron internally. The one thing, the one thing though, it did not say in that article, or maybe I was just it was long, so I started skimming. Is that Rogers never went to anyone and asked for a change, right? He didn't push him out necessarily. Which to me is like, why? So like, like what? Why? Why wouldn't like if you're going to do all this other stuff to power play it, dude? Come on. Yeah, just, you know, then you don't have blood on your hands, you feel like. Yeah, or maybe you just like the misery. Maybe you kind of, or maybe you like being a martyr. But it is, and it is kind of working, and you're kind of in control. You're afraid that the next guy that comes in will actually take control of the situation, and you won't be able because to be as free as you are. Would he have looked worse if it had said, you know, he went to Ted Thompson in 2014 and said, I want Mike McCarthy fired, and they didn't fire him? Uh it would have looked bad, but how could they not have picked him? Like, how could they not ultimately have picked him? They would have picked Rodgers. Right. I mean, there was nothing to pick. There was just like, to me, Rodgers was staying, was Mike going to stay or go? That, that's really, you know, like the Rodgers was picked the moment he won the Super Bowl. Like, he was going nowhere forever. It feels like Rodgers has like four MVPs. I don't even know, but... It's just one of those where you don't even need to look at his resume. Everyone just – I think even Brady said a couple years ago, like if Rodgers had been in New England, he might have won more Super Bowls than even I won. Like basically calling him the greatest talent he's ever seen. Yeah. 
So maybe he would have been. How many MVPs? He won, he's won two MVPs. Doesn't feel like enough. No. But about, I think he's you, been kind of the unanimous best talent. Did you understand? I had to read it really like five times to understand the sequence with Carlos Rogers. Was that Greg Jennings? Is like, that who that was? Yeah, he, he didn't like Greg Jennings. So Carlos Rogers, like, said, like, damn, you're good. Or, oh, it was like, why the are thing, you running short routes? Yeah. The thing that threw me was like, the guy who just said I'm running short routes because it's a contract year was then offended when Aaron's basically said, yeah, you're not going to be back here next year. Like, you guys should sign him next year. But my also takeaway from Greg Jennings is Greg Jennings doesn't pick what routes he runs. Yeah, I, Well, like, I think he clearly ball. was joking, right? Yeah, clearly he wanted to be there, and Roger's like, yeah, sign him. And he was like, what? Could Could Jennings have been saying not I'm trying to protect myself, but, like, they're trying to keep my numbers down? Something like it, maybe that's yeah. I, I didn't quite understand that part, but then when James basically alluded to, like, I didn't necessarily want to leave, and then I realized like Rogers didn't want me around. Like what the fuck? Because he because then he basically said, if I would have said, hey Aaron, I hope they sign you, he would have been really butthurt, right? Right. He's like it was the biggest asshole move I've ever experienced. It felt like Greg James did not want to leave. Why would he want to leave, guy? He was kicking ass. No, he didn't. He was making leave. the Pro Bowl every year. He was his number one wide receiver. All right, now which St. Brown are we talking about? Why well, I never get what what's eighty three's name? Oh, it's not him. Yeah, I say I don't know their receiver. They got Dennis, they got St. Brown, they got eighty three. Osiris or you know, one of them. Yeah, but just the 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 play call comes in. He's supposed to run one route. Aaron tells him to run a different route. The play doesn't work, and the receiver for listening to Aaron gets lit up by the receiver's coach for running the wrong route. He's screaming at him, what are you doing? I don't think telling a guy – we've heard countless stories where a quarterback will say, if the play comes in, we realize they're probably going to do something. I tell the guy, hey, man, if he does this, do this. Like That happens a lot. Yeah. It just feels like Aaron was attempting to sabotage shit. Right? <laughs> like, he sounds Which really difficult. Almost like, did they waste the last couple years? Yeah, that's that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I think by not making a change simply because they were winning, they they have they have um, wasted some of Aaron Rodgers' career. I agree. And now it's not like he's like it takes guts to say. And I obviously they've been so well run, but it takes guts to say, you know, I know we're winning, but this is not we're not achieving what we could be achieving, and this is part of the reason why. I I think it might be too late, guy. Because now they're in a position where their backs are against the wall, kind of, with this young coach and they're, the pressure. If he were to go 7-9 and nine this year, it'll feel like a – anything less than a playoff burst is going to feel like a failure, guy. They have an enormous amount of pressure on the organization this season. I think part of this is it puts pressure on Aaron, too. Like, okay, one coach, fine. But if things get weird – like, you, you are the common denominator now here, right? But I, I would say he's proven that he's really good and one of the best players of all time. If they suck, he could just be like, well, I got this guy that knows, doesn't know what he's doing. He does kind of have an out. Because the, you could argue the guy they hired probably shouldn't be their head coach. You could argue that, but I, I guess it, I – w- I would argue that. But, like, but hey, my response – yeah, but then I would say, like, so you're telling me you've had you've had the awful luck of two of the worst coaches ever? I mean, you're saying Mike, Mike McCarthy has one of the worst football IQs he's ever been around? Like – I I don't I mean, and then you. Yeah, got, it's hard for me. To that. You just can't always be you, the guy you, getting screwed. Well, and you texted me yesterday. It's hard to make the case. He's basically calling McCarthy Jim Tom Sula. To me, there's a very high possibility that McCarthy's a tad bit overrated because of the situation, but he's not a bumbling idiot. Like he's proven he can beat big time coaches in big time games, right? I mean, he's proven to be a pretty good head coach. Like. In fairness, he deserve another shot, I think. I don't know if he's going to get it because there are some legit questions now. But, like, Aaron, the chances to me that LaFleur is better than McCarthy are almost slim to none. Is that a fair statement? I get. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't even figure out what McCarthy actually did anymore now, and I don't know anything well, he was, about he's what been the He's been the offensive coordinator the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I think I know he's a good coach. I'm just saying, like, there's just doubt in everything now from from that entire marriage. 
Like at the end of the day, now now if this guy's not as good as a football coach, so to speak, but he just evolves, he's he's better at what the NFL is today, then maybe he is better. Guy, his record is 125 and 77. Yeah, because he had Aaron. That's what Aaron. That's that's what half the people. Well, and he's played. He's played. He's played in 18 playoff games and he's won 10 of them. You know, here's the other thing, and you made this point to me yesterday. Like it's did pretty coach, powerful. Did coach Montana when a player goes on the record just ripping another player, like Greg Jennings did? Did coach Montana? You know, like he, to me, Jennings has been a pretty outspoken about Rodgers over the last couple of years. But yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You said it. I, I just like it's because one of the things was there. Like Greg went to a game when he was working and tried to go up to Aaron. Aaron wouldn't even acknowledge him. He's like, "What the fuck?" And so he started talking to like Mike and other Randall Cobb and other players. But you've also stated, and it's so true. Aaron has not had the best reputation for a long time. Like no one's ever been like, you know what? He's Tom Brady of the Midwest. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, he's prickly. Misunderstood. But I, I think there's no longer misunderstood. It's like, to me right now, it's no. fair to say, like, he's a little asshole. And it should start with his mom. Like, bro, listen to Mike on that one. You should probably call your goddamn mother. Yeah. But it might be too late. It's never too late, John. Any, anything else? I mean, there's a million. The article was long. People can tweet at us if we missed anything. Well, I, I just know this. If I was a Bears fan right now, I'd be like, we're in pretty good shape. Because I, I, I'm betting against that. Now, not yeah. the player, because Rodgers has kind of kicked their ass over the years. But it's – I think we've consistently seen – it's hard to shake kind of when the elephant in the room and everyone's coming in and the dysfunction thing. And now it's like – every and everyone knows like – it's a weird situation, and they got two first-round draft picks. That means they're going to have two new, young, influential players they're going to be depending on, right? I mean, they got pick twelve and pick thirty. It's and the pressure is going to be like it's not just oh we can be eight and eight this year. That's that's not going to be okay, yeah. and it shouldn't be. You can't when you have a star quarterback. But look at the division guy. The Bears are stacked. And the Vikings, for as weird of a season that they had last year, just check their roster. Still pretty good. Last, last I checked, didn't lose anybody. Like, they got Anthony Barr back. They, they still got all these guys coming back. H- how do they not finish third in the division? I I would pick them to not make the playoffs. And, and you're assuming Aaron Rodgers plays 16 games, too. I'm assuming he's fine. Right. I'm not saying they're going to suck, because if he's on the field, it's going to be hard to suck. But to me, they're seven and nine, eight and eight. Assuming the head coach is at least credible, there, there's a chance he's an abomination. Well, speaking of uh, of the draft, John, potential draft, Ed Oliver, and we this is a guy who people were talking about a couple of years ago as maybe a number one pick. The Raiders have the ammo, and at this point, if they like Ed Oliver, I mean, would they could use their second pick on him or move up and use their second pick on him. But I, as I'm saying that, you know what I'm thinking? Is John Gruden going to draft two defensive players with his first two picks in the first round this year? What do you think of the workout? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they got to do their due diligence on this guy. I think it's just – I think he's visiting the Raiders, so I don't know if they're necessarily working him out. They're spending time with him. Could they take him at number four overall? You know, I – Probably not, but I don't think it's inconceivable. At one point in time, he was viewed as a top five pick. Now he's kind of not fallen off, but you know, probably viewed more like five to twelve. So could they trade up and do it? I mean, they, the three first round picks to me are pretty powerful. I I would probably just stand pat. Now they might be looking at our pass rush was so shitty. Why don't we just take Quinn and Williams and trade back up and get it all over? or Josh Allen and trade back up and get Ed Oliver. That's not unrealistic because you go, well, we just loaded up on offense, so we don't need to quote-unquote draft. We don't have to draft a receiver, right? We got Antonio Brown. We just signed uh, Grant and then cut Seth Roberts, and we got Tyrell Williams. Like our, 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 We're ready to roll uh, receiver-wise. We signed an offensive lineman, so you know we don't have to start the young tackle anymore in Brandon Parker. Let's just go defense, defense, and more defense. So, I, yeah, I, I think it's definitely would be on the table. Like, do you see Gruden just standing pat with all three picks? No. Like, I think he should, but I don't. No. 
You think he packages 24 and 27 and comes up to get somebody? Well, I don't know if it's 24 and 27, but I, you know, maybe it's 24, 24 and 35 yeah. to move up. Yeah. But I, I have a, I, I would say at this point, like, I don't know what the my bookie odds would be on him drafting in the spots that he is at all three spots. You know, I, I've been saying for a while, I thought one of those picks would be used on a veteran player. That he would. Trade it just doesn't. For, it just doesn't seem like that many veterans. No, it doesn't. Are on the block that are that because all the guys already got traded, right? right? Right. So that's probably off the table now. But I, I mean, what like to me, it feels. It feels like it's under ten percent that he's gonna use all three of those picks where they are. And you can make the case for Mayock too. Like Mike, we don't really know what he does as a drafter. He might have a player targeted and just thinks we need. I want to go get that player. Probably more likely to be John, but. Why I think you could easily justify if you wanted to package the 35 or just sit at 35 and package 24 and 27 and get up to like 12 or 13 or 14, that's still three picks in the top 35, and that's more than enough if you think you can get really like impact guys. Like if you get whoever with the fourth pick, you know, Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen, then you package that up to move on up to get like, I, I don't know, whoever you have isolated whether it's ed oliver a guy like that and you go we got two impact guys i i got no problem with doing that than just kind of sitting waiting and see what comes because at the end of the day you've already spent a lot of money and filled a lot of holes and i think you texted me or told me the other day like god damn it feels like they signed more players than every other team combined they feel like i mean they, they, you don't far, have an, is farhan running the raiders yeah you don't have an unlimited amount of spots uh but the whole goal of this was to get young players but gruden clearly threw that out the window I think he – it's pretty clear. Like, to me, Mayock would sit there and draft guys. Gruden's going to want, like, specific guys that he thinks can be players because he doesn't – he's like LeBron. He doesn't fuck with young guys. That's not his M.O. You know, it, it, it's just not. Because you've already seen this year, like, he's – if he doesn't think you're good, he just moves on from you, which I don't blame him. Like, and they have a major problem. Like, I talked to a buddy in the league a couple months ago – that he's like, their defensive line is just horrendous. He's like, Arden Key's awful. He said, PJ Hall looks like an undrafted free agent. He said, Mo Hurst is good, but other than that, they got nobody. Mm. They, I mean, they have nobody. And Gruden even said at the owners' meetings, like, yeah, uh, Arden Key's got to be better. Well, I can tell you, there's a reason you got him in the third round. Like, he, guy's just, he's not strong. He's not that fast. To me, he's just not very good. So they need to get a pass rusher on the, they just need defensive linemen. And last year, they drafted a lot of defensive linemen, but I don't think they're any good. Which, again, not ideal, but if it happens, you can either hold on, like, oh, I hope Solomon Thomas is good. Yeah, we got pretty good information. He's probably not. So you got to draft better off defensive linemen. Like, you, you just got to – the quicker you can just overcome, to me, a sunk cost sometimes with draft picks, mm-hmm. especially like Arden Key, you didn't draft him top 10. He was a third-round pick, right? Like, uh, I, I read this morning that one hang-up for the Cardinals – it's like they, they they want to save face and get a first rounder. Like, hey guys, it's over. Last year you fucked up. So if you can get a second rounder for Josh Rosen, just move on. You're gonna get stop holding on to that because you're not gonna get him, and you're just gonna make it a worse situation because the story was that Josh is gonna show up to OTAs next Monday. It, they're they're gonna end up trading him. Just. Just take pick forty or fifty or whatever you can get from him and just move on. Yeah, and send him to Washington. And and who knows? Maybe it's just simply the GM wants to save face for his owner. Like, that to me is more like wants to save face for himself. You know, it's not one of those where like, you know, Roseman or Belichick, they just want to they, they just want to get value. This one feels like he doesn't want the owner to be like, was last year just a complete waste of all of our time? And that's and it's like the answer is yes. Yeah, that and that's where it does really hurt because you think I don't even know if you you don't even think of this scenario last year. But you just think of their last, whatever it is, NFL season. They've had, they've hired two coaches, and they're going to draft two first-round quarterbacks in back-to-back years? Two new head coaches? I think it's on. Two first-round quarterbacks yeah. in back-to-back years? Has that ever happened to anybody ever? I, I heard some, like, serious XM show that said that he did some re- – he thinks it's unheard of. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe it, was like a, it was like an NFL guest. It was like a call, you know, like a – Schefter type was on the phone that just thinks it's never happened before in NFL history. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it in those terms until just now, but how? Like it, definitely in the modern. Like who's you know, just like, just let's just go with the quarterback part. 
Yeah, it's unheard of, guy. Forget about the coach part, just the quarterback part. Never, it's never happened. Because even a new coach, if you drafted a guy in the first round, is more than likely going to give that guy at least a year if it's a second year in the league and you used a first-round pick on him. And the thing with Rosen, unlike even a Gabber, like everyone acknowledges, like, yeah, he, he's got a chance. He can be okay. Now, he might not be, but he was a legitimate draft pick. You know, it wasn't like, I can't believe they took Josh Rosen 10. Like at one point in time, it was like, could this guy go one? So it wasn't it wasn't like a Hackenberg situation. Right. Because, again, teams are interested in the guy right now. And I, I've said over and over, I think he's the most undervalued guy in the NFL. And a second-round pick isn't nothing. Like, teams don't just throw second-round picks out for fun. I think the Favre situation in, like, 92, remember the Falcons took him and the next year traded him for a second-round pick, was was a, one of the most unique situations in NFL history. And that was only – and Favre was not a first-rounder. He was a second-rounder. Wow. And that one worked out pretty well. Now, I think it's fair to say, even if Josh, best case, Josh Rosen, he ain't Brett Favre. Yeah. I mean. But, and I, I do think the elephant in the room is, and we talked about it earlier this week, what if Gruden just made some incredible offer and this is the reason that they haven't traded him yet, because they're just like, well, what if we get like three first-round picks for Kyler Murray and just keep Rosen and rebuild our team? Like, would you trade one to four for one, four, 24, and 27? Well, you know what? keep Josh Rosen. That's if, you like, if you like Josh Rosen, you would do that in a heartbeat, right? That's where kind of the GM coach, the Kime-Kingsbury relationship matters, right? Like, is Kime trying to help Cliff get whatever Cliff wants? Or is Kime saying, I'm telling you, he's telling the owner, I'm telling you, Rosen can play and we can go get three first for the, the right to draft Kyler right now, and that's value. And now it looks like you're a, mover, a wheeler and dealer. I'm not saying that that's, I don't have, I don't know the Kime, I, I'm just making that up, but. I don't, I don't either. But I mean, like, th- that's where the dynamic does come into play a little bit, or could potentially come into play. Like, Cliff, I didn't hire you to just go get Kyler. I think you're a good football coach, but I hired you to coach Josh. And I've got this incredibly valuable pick. You're telling me the only guy you can coach is Kyler? Unless now, un- unless they talked about it when he was hired. Yeah, or that, or if Kime has done the evaluation and he thinks Kyler's a better prospect than Rosen, too. What, I mean, what if, what if the guy that he just hired just says, this guy's dramatically better? Because to me, that I mean, that's part of your job is to be on the same page and listen yeah, to your coach. Yeah. And you hired Cliff to coach quarterback. So if he goes... I want this guy. Two, two. So two percentage questions. One, what percentage? We should probably do this every podcast. Chance that Kyler Murray is drafted by the Cardinals. What percent do you put that at right now? Uh, Ninety. Okay. This goes back to you asking me if I'd put up my rent check. And two, what percent chance do you think the Raiders draft at the three spots in the first round where they currently sit? Uh, twenty-five. And what percentage chance do you think the Raiders will end up using three first-round picks? So not just, like, in, in this scenario, they could trade, you know, 24 and 35 and move up and still have three first. Do you think they'll still yeah, end up with three I'd first? Yeah, I'd go, like, 45 to 50. Yeah. I think they. I think that's still pretty uh, interesting. Uh, I got one. Okay. What percent chance do they use one of those first-round picks on a quarterback? Uh, that's a good one. 30? That feels a little – I would probably say uh, – I want to say 15, but it's Gruden and it's unpredictable, so that's too low. So but I, I, I like also 25. think, Guy, if they were to Because take... I think 25 is high. If I were to say 25, like that's a high number to me. Well, but I, I, I'm not saying with the fourth overall pick. No, I know. With, you know, the Aaron Rodgers sweet spot, like 24, 27, somewhere in there. Because to me, if they if they draft, let's say Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or whoever Gruden loves with the late first round pick, that would not signal Derek's gone. Right. Right. No. Now, if they took a guy fourth overall, Derek would be gone. Would you agree there? Yeah. Now, and if it if and if that later first was their only pick, it would signal that. But you're you saying think- if it's your third, then you could say, "Look, guys, we just we're just it's gravy here." Yeah. Drew Locke fell. We couldn't pass up. BPA. 
But if they take Drew Lock forward, do you think Derek is traded then that night or the next day? Yeah, I do. And I and I would be surprised by that happening. Would you? If I would, but if that happened, I love this. How, how weird does get shit get on social media for him? Incredibly weird. I mean, does he then lash out like I was? I was led astray. I don't think he. I think he would tweet like a, my heart's you know just like a. A, lo- a love love message. I don't know. I think he no. I think be, there'd be stories that come from what he thinks. I I think he would be. From what I've heard from people in the know, he is adamant that he's a he's safe. And Gruden has told him, "You're the quarterback this fall." Like personally, like they've had those conversations. To me, if he were to get traded, whether they get Kyler Murray, which wouldn't be as crazy if somehow the Raiders were to get Kyler Murray. I mean, it would be crazy on draft night. However, that played out. But it would be understandable. You'd be like, okay, Derek, you're gone. To me, the Drew Locke thing would be like, holy fuck. And I think Drew, I think Derek would be pretty devastated, guy. Uh, well, but that's not the question. You you asked me, would he tweet something? I th- about I that? think you're, when you're really devastated, you might not be able to hold back. No, you might not. But I would just I would guess. And that- when I when I say tweet, like I I don't think he'd mean like fuck you, Gruden. I think it would be like. This is uh, this really hurts my heart or something like oh, that. Oh well, yeah, one hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. I think he would do, but I don't think he would be like Gruden light. I don't think he would go on like a a five fifteen tweet thread about Gruden light. Yeah, I, I could see him saying like, <laughs> "It's not. I'm not ruling it out though." I, I I was told one thing, and you know, yeah, I thought we were in this together for the long haul. Would that qualify? Yeah. And then a picture of him and him. him but like and we said, the, the Raiders have already kind of handled it. Because people are like, what if Gruden already told Derek that just we're going to work out these guys? Don't worry about it. Yeah, Gruden's, Gruden's told a lot of people a lot of things and gone back on his word. Like right. he's proven to not be believable. That, that's that's the whole thing here. Well, now, yeah. now, now, John, now you're just leading me right to the AAF. Let's hit it. <laughs> Uh, how about guys showing up? I don't know what your favorite, but this is kind of like the Rogers McCarthy thing. Players showing up with all their stuff in the hallways at the hotel or my, the story that got me this morning was, and we kind of la- like, it's one thing. I'll admit this too. Cause we kind of laughed at everyone freaking out about guys that made 47,000 in seven weeks having to get their own flight. 49, 49, 49. Then. But now when it starts getting into, you know, there were some healthcare costs. They told me that were covered that aren't covered anymore. Or I just got hit with a bill for twenty five hundred bucks from the place I was living, and now I've got to contest the charge. Now that's that's more than just well, uh, this sucks. We all we gave it a shot, and I got a four hundred dollar plane flight. This is a different animal now. I gotta admit. Like, well, I'm the one on the player. one thing that I didn't quite realize, I saw one dude tweeting, Rich Orenberger, former player. I think he's like a San Diego radio guy. Okay, dude broke his arm in like three places. So. This is football. I mean, there have been countless players in this league that had season-ending injuries, right? Broken ankle, broken arm, whatever. Well, they go into the facility with the trainers. Once the league just ends, like, what the fuck? Who who rehab? What happened to my arm? Right. Right? Yeah. Who, and that's where you're just like, oh, that, that is pretty fucked up. Well, because this, I'm injuring my chances potentially of playing, like, of going to an NFL camp. Though... You would not have had the chance, like I think five or six guys before we hopped on to record this, like from like eight in the morning till eleven this morning or ten, like five or six guys that aren't got signed Friday morning guy. So the league allowed them an opportunity, but yes, you realize but they weren't out there doing a public service. I mean, they were running a no, business. No, one hundred percent. But they were being compensated for. Sure. I think to me this all stems back from if you're going to start a league, you better know at least you can get through year one because the collateral damage of a failure leaves a dude in a hotel with a cast on his arm that doesn't know what to do or who's going to pay for it in the middle of April in in Memphis and the guys from California. Like, what the fuck? Now He's not in the hotel room, Johnny. He's in the hallway because all his stuff got pulled out of the hotel room. I, I have seen, and I do think this is fair, though I don't think a lot of these guys were thinking that way because they were promised a lot of things. This is a really good life lesson. <laughs> I, it's, this is going to sound harsh, but most people, if you ever read any successful person in business or hear anyone talk, they say the best experience they've had are failures. These guys got paid for their failures in something that they didn't control, and we've all been promised things that then were not lived up to those promises. 
And I do think it's it's a healthy experience, not necessarily in the moment, but in 10 years. When the all these guys who, for the most part, like Keith Reese are signing to me, does not represent an AAF guy. He was an NFL draft pick. He had been in the league for a while. Like People knew who that was. Uh, Deron Smith, Fresno State guy, I saw just got signed by, I think, like the Vikings. Again, NFL draft pick, had been in the NFL for a while. So that guy was going to be in the mix. A lot of these guys were never drafted, were never going to play in the NFL. They just got an opportunity to make a little money, and they got to experience the way the world works, and the world's cold. Now, I've been saying the whole time, Billy McFarlane Jr., when I, when I at first I'm like, that's ah, a little harsh. And then you start reading this shit, like they have not paid US, UCF. Like they have an unlimited amount of bills. And it's why I have zero, and I mean zero, angst or anger toward Tom Dundon. He got involved, and then he realized this is fucking crazy, yanked his money. He no longer owes once he gets involved in a terrible business. I don't blame him for like, I'm, I'm fucking getting away from this. Right, like you're saying it's not his job to deliver on somebody else's promises. No. 100%, because don't you think yeah. that he was probably lied to when he made his investment? Uh, yeah, yeah, he might've been, but, but even if he wasn't like, if I tell you, John, I've got enough money for three years of this league and then I don't. And then I bring in Tom. It's not Tom's fault that I promised you that he's just trying, he's just here. And I'm, I'm lucky he's here to keep me going for two more weeks, but it's not, you, it's not his, it, I, you shouldn't be angry at him when he doesn't you, provide the money for two more years. In addition to this one. Do you agree that the media going after Tom Dundon, and that's what feels like the majority of the think pieces I've read, and and it makes sense. The majority of the media, super progressive, hates big business, so they're going after him. Is misguided, and leaving and not. Uh, I don't. Like, I don't. Char- I don't necessarily. Accept, I don't accept your premise necessarily about the media's agendas, um, but uh, I do think treating him like he's the scapegoat, like it's all his fault, would be misguided. Yeah, I mean. Uh, when you come into the game late, it's not your obligation, right? He he does not have the moral obligation that other people who made promises would have here. Like I don't remember the story that Tom Dundon was promising guys all this. I, I, my money's here and it's good for the next three years. I didn't read that quote. If I did, if he said it, I missed it. Well, like on the most basic premise of like they don't have flights home. And people are like, I can't believe he wouldn't pay for the flight so we could easily afford it. Like, I'm sorry, guys. That's not on him. That's that's not – he yanked his money because he realized this thing is a fucking disaster. And that is on Charlie, who – Charlie Ebersol, who had this whole vision for the business. And clearly the business model was god-awful <laughs> and yeah, was terrible. I think, so, I, like, that, like, this is where these things always get a little murky to me is does he owe it to anybody – no, because it, like he came in to be a partner with those other people, and if he feels like those other people are wasting his money or lied to him or whatever, then he cuts the cord. You got you just you cut the cord. You cut the cord. Um, that said, it it's a little different, right? There's a difference between we've there is no nobody has any money left to pay for your flight, and. I have stopped paying for anything and I'm pulling my money away. Like, wasn't there an airline last week? Was it like Icelandic Air or something that stranded people in Greenland? Uh, because I, the airline. I didn't read that. Yeah, the airline, they had flown, they fly. I don't know. I, I'm just, I might be making up Icelandic Air, but I think that's what it was, something like that. They fly them to wherever. And then before the return flight, the airline folds. It's so they're no, stuck. So yeah. yeah, your ticket is no good because the airline doesn't exist anymore. You know, that, like I'm just—I'm not saying that Tom Dunn owned owed anybody anything, but I do think there's a difference between that and the situation where just there is literally no, the, the, there are zeros everywhere, and it's just IOUs. Um, but he's not running—he's running a business. He's not running a charity, and it's not his fault they're in that situation. Yeah, to me, to me, it stems back to Charlie Ebersol, who. The more and more stories come out, and unlike Billy, who felt like from the jump was kind of trying to, I don't necessarily, I don't think at all. I think Charlie wanted a league. I just think it's pretty clear that he had no clue what he was doing, slash no real cash, and under like I had a guy, 
tell me the other day, and maybe we talked about this podcast, I don't even remember, that he went to visit, you know, the camps just to kind of get an eyeball on some of the players. He's a pro scout in the league. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he went back to the hotel, and this was in Memphis. You texted you haven't said this on the podcast. He was staying at one of the nicer hotels, and he's like, there weren't even that many nice hotels, but there were some shitty ones that you could have saved a lot of money. And he goes, I go back to my hotel. All the guys are staying there. He's like, why are they staying here? Why aren't they double bunking at the Motel 6? He said, he's like, I could tell right away they were just wasting a lot of money, and it wasn't going to work. And maybe Charlie would tell you, well, we were trying to be big time and – yeah, th- these guys would have stayed wherever you put them. Right. You know, and I, I think there's a whether it's hubris, you know, whether it's trying to act like you're legitimate slash like there is, you got to be realistic about some of this stuff. And I, I think anytime you deal, because clearly just the league, right, just to run the league was, I don't know if it was a hundred million the first year, but it was millions upon millions upon millions of dollars even if you skimped, right, even if you went to bad hotels, just the flights, the the facilities, the players, the coat, it was a very expensive overhead. And maybe you should have just like, to me to not have the money set before you get out in the league is on the founder. And it's on Charlie. It's not at all to me on Tom Dunning. Because when Tom Dunning yanks his cash, he never set up the, he, he wasn't a part of like flying player. Like he had nothing to do with it. Nothing. I, I think he's getting a lot of collateral damage, and this is where you disagree with my premise. It's just it's consistent, though, guy. The media always blames that guy consistently. But, but see, I don't. But like, I'm reading tweets from and stories about media people that are crushing Charlie Ebersol. So I don't. That's, maybe, one, that's part of maybe, it. Like I don't. Maybe I. I, I, I don't think there's like some liberal media Tom Dundon takedown going on. Um, and, and I would say just generally, media as an entity, since it's inception was about keeping an eye on powerful people so that's not something that just started happening in 2018 or and well, powerful usually equals see, money see to me where i so, get my red flag my conspiracy theory is that too many of the media are afraid to kind of upset the apple card with ebersol because the dad might hire them that's that's deep i have not felt that way reading twitter though i haven't felt like people have been I, I like just haven't. Read, I I just haven't read many think pieces attacking Charlie. Maybe I've just missed. Them. I haven't read any think pieces about this entire thing. So <laughs> I've, seen some, I've seen some. I haven't done the full research on that element because it just doesn't. I I feel like I'm getting enough from Twitter. I don't need to dive too deep in the AAF uh, think pieces. But is there a thirty for thirty on the AAF? <laughs> uh, like I don't know. And this is not a compliment. Is it interesting enough? Like it might not. End, it might not is be. It even that, because here's the one thing where we can all, I'll, I'll jump in on this media attack with you. When the thing debuted, it was really weird to me how many people immediately on Twitter. Like, was it a Friday night or a Saturday? Yeah, it was a weekend. Would have been. Yeah, it would have been a Saturday. I think. How many people on my Twitter? I remember thinking it was weird from the jump. How many just like it was unanimous, like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I am all in on this. I, and I just remember thinking, like, I mean, it looks good. I, but how, how is everybody so convinced that this is working and that this is a great product? I didn't quite understand that. And maybe it was going to work if they had the money. Maybe all those elements that people were, were all happy about on that first Saturday were there. Remember, and it, then then it like people. It turned out people did watch it, and all this stuff. But the, to me, there was something weird about that. Like, are like my thought, my conspiracy theory was: Are people getting paid to tweet positive things today? Because that's what it felt to me. Like it felt like people, like there had been uh, like influencers were out there, AAF influencers. That's how it just felt on that Saturday to me. Maybe I, you know. That's my crazy conspiracy theory. But that, would that shock you at all if someone's like, hey, we'll give you $1,000 to tweet no, about No, I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Ravel just tweeted, told by sources close to AAF co-founder Charlie Ebersol that he is devastated by events in recent days surrounding the league and disgusted with his name being dragged through the mud. Not allowed to talk until league reaches legal remedy. I'm sure both those, I'm sure all that stuff's true. Yeah. All that stuff can be true and it still fail. I mean. It's all possible, right? Yeah. So, okay, I'm sorry, bro. Drag through the mud, like you failed, Charlie. 
Like your name's going to get, that's what happens when you're at the top of the pyramid. You get drugged through the mud when it fails this publicly and money's involved and people are going to get sued. That's the thing. Like clearly some of these players with injuries are going to sue because they're going to have bills that are going to be really big. (laughs) I mean, if I had a torn ACL and my, my medical bills, instead of being covered, I'm not covered anymore. And it is a hundred thousand dollars. You're suing, right? No now, doubt. who do you sue? And that's where you get in these situations like, how do you sue an entity that doesn't have any money? They have nothing to give you. And as wise people would tell you, don't waste your time suing poor people. They, you, you, even if you win, it, you don't get anything. No, you lose money because it's you got it costs yeah, it's you. Yeah, a waste of your time. So like, hey, hey, Charlie, like you fuck people, whether you meant to or not. That was the result. You uh, know. Yeah. All right. On that note, Valero open. Go get your uh, Justin Speed odds. Peace. All right. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.